Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the transgressors' memorial service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew remembering those who we have lost. remembrance this week is for rapper, actor, but probably not certified financial planner, 50 Cent, who this week decided to cruelly mock all people of the acronym when he stated on Instagram, please refer to me as The Thing, 50 Cent. I do not identify as a person anymore. Thank you in advance. He later added, yes, I identify as Thing. My pronoun is Thing slash It. Now, obviously, the problem here is that Thing Curtis Jackson is engaging in a very hurtful and misplaced criticism of the transgender community, attempting to mock them with such dull wit. But unwittingly, Thing 50 has actually showed his own ignorance of the growing and very serious trans-species community, those people experiencing species dysmorphia who really do identify as other types of creatures. Cats, dogs, dolphins, mosquitoes. There's even a group of 7th graders in Saskatchewan who all identify as cockatoos, which had not previously been found indigenous to Canada. In attempting to be clever and funny, Thing Scent actually showed just how little he understands about species identity and the indignities suffered by the TS community, who are routinely misspeciesed in social interactions and who often aren't even properly mentioned in the holy acronym string at all. It's one thing to be marginalized by marginally talented people like the get bankrupt or die trying rapper, but it's a whole other level of othering when the entire LGBTQ plus TS community doesn't even remember to include TS in the group. For this latest transgression, we hereby deliver 50 Cent a large steaming order of intolerance taffy from the candy shop of cancellation. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second, we want to reward the brilliant virtue signaling recently performed by one of our favorite center-right-leaning magazines, The Nation, in a column by Sean Sherman advocating for the decolonization of Thanksgiving. In this wise call to inaction, Sherman reminds us how Thanksgiving and the lies surrounding it cause, quote, tremendous distress to those of us who are still reeling from the trauma, end quote, of the pilgrims landing in America 400 years ago. His goal is to pull back the oppressive mask of Thanksgiving and usher in a new era of what he calls truthsgiving by, quote, centering the indigenous perspective challenging the colonial narratives around this holiday, end quote. In part, this means reorganizing the contributions of uh, recognizing the contributions of indigenous peoples to food in turkey, corn, beans, pumpkins, sweet potatoes, and wild rice. And in part, it means being honest about the violence, deception, and oppression committed by the Europeans in colonizing North America. As he says so wisely, let us drop food and knowledge, not bombs. So helpful. Sherman is really onto something here in that if we can only get Americans to reject the traditional festivities of Thanksgiving, food, family, football, and fun, and instead embrace a self-critical and sobering time of penitence and wallowing in our racial guilt, we could really turn this holiday around. Perhaps if we spent more time celebrating some of the lesser-discussed traditions of the Native Americans, such as torture, headhunting, cannibalism, human sacrifice, scalping, intertribal slavery, rape, starvation, venereal disease, and abject poverty, then we could really see how much better things were in North America before the Europeans arrived with their ridiculous notions of universal human rights protecting the weak and the intrinsic worth of all people made in the image of God. So let us indeed celebrate truth's giving 
and reject those ridiculous Western European and Christian values that have made the United States everything it is today. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, a lavish serving of inclusion ambrosia. For the, wine woke, uh, for the fine Wokalites in the Massachusetts State Legislature who are currently working on a bill to ban the appropriation of Native American names, logos, and mascots from Massachusetts public high schools. We sincerely hope this third attempt to end the denigration of any racial, ethnic, gender, or religious group by using them as subhuman symbols of oppression will succeed so that what State Senator Joanne Comerford calls the racial justice reckoning can finally commence. In much the same way that every single problem in the African-American community has disappeared now that the Confederate flags and statues have been removed, we similarly expect that eliminating Native American references from athletics will finally make everything square between the white and indigenous peoples. Now, some schools have already been leading the way. For instance, Mohawk Trail Regional no longer depicts a Native American in its icons. The Taconic High Braves are now the Taconic Thunder. Turner Falls Indians have also now become the Thunder. Foxborough School stopped using an Indian mascot and logo, but retained the name Warriors, and other schools have simply balked. We still have the Bartlett High Indians, and all three high schools of Narragansett, Nimpuk, and Tantasqua use the Warriors as a team name, as well as more than 15 others in the region. So there's still virtue to be signaled here. Now, we know that some misguided agitators pretend that using Native Americans as sports names is a way of honoring their fierce and fighting spirit. But I ask you to imagine, how would you feel if, in a different reality, the peoples of Central America had invaded Massachusetts, nearly eradicated all the white people, and then started naming their school sports teams after us, supposedly in our honor by reference to our skin or hair color? Would you really be okay with the Brockton High Palefaces? What about the Boston Blonde Bombers? Would you endorse the Wailing Whites of Worcester High? Would you really be cool with the New Bedford Caucasian invasion? Surely you don't think that the Cambridge Fighting Gingers would be the sort of thing the vanquished Irish children of New England would appreciate, do you? So we genuinely hope the New England Anti-Mascot Coalition, actual name, can succeed and bring a healthy dose of mascot equity to the Bay State. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. As you depart today, please keep the Bartlemans in your mantras after the devastating psychological trauma suffered by their daughter, Sia, this week when she was informed that electric vehicles are still largely powered by electricity produced from the burning of fossil fuels. Like many of us, she had thought electricity came from the sky through a renewable source called magic. Also, I'm truly sorry if I have given you this information for the first time in such a callous and sudden way without a trigger warning. If so, we do have a team of climate counselors standing by to help you in your time of distress. Refreshments this week are provided by D's Nuts, the GMO-free organic nuttery, specializing in foods that consume more water than you can possibly imagine, but make you feel good to eat because they seem socially conscious. At 100 gallons of water per cup of almonds, you can really taste the drought. Got it? And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, Give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more.